0: um the only production thing that i wanted to add on to other things that i've noticed is both of us like when we're not talking if we rest here you can hear us breathing okay (laughs) and i think i'm probably the only person who hears that (laughs) Especially if one of us like has a cold, there's like a whistling noise, and I'm like, no one but me would probably know that that's Justin's nose. But that'd be hilarious though, if, like lot. just heavy breathing over some. <sighs> yeah, like if you could make so that quieter. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I can, I can make right. them a little quieter. Um, that's good yeah. to be conscious of. <laughs> if only, if only for. Their, my editing, um, if only to spare <laughs> me from having to listen to us both, you know, pant into the microphone. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I've been thinking about that with some... Well, okay, do you just want to start? Yeah. Pod BN.
1: Here we go from the Play Normal Esports Studios in Bloomington. This is Pod BN. My name is Justin, and I'm Tyson. We are going to do something a little different today. We do not have a guest in uh, in the studio, so please don't stop listening yet. We're just going to chat, Tyson and I, about uh, what this podcast has become over the past several months. Uh, hopefully, you get some value out of that, and then we'll be. We got a few more. Um, candidates to bring on, but we're almost done with that. And then you'll, we'll be back to kind of our normal programming, if you will, of just bringing on some interesting people and blowing to normal. So
0: We've got a pretty decent listener base going on right now. Pretty solid numbers across all our episodes, and so Um, We thought you guys might be interested in in learning more about us as well. We just recently broke the 1,000 download threshold, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is probably
1: nothing to most people. But honestly, when we started this, we didn't know if we'd get two or three people to listen. So I think that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. And uh, every day in February, at least one person has listened to an episode. Um, some days as many as um, 40, yeah. 50. So uh, it's it's pretty cool that there's people out there who care enough to, to take the time to do that. That's right. I mean, we went from just kind of an idea of,
1: hey, let's bring on some people and talk to them to now we have two sponsors and uh, a studio we have our equipment has <laughs> increased greatly so let's go back do you remember when we started talking about doing this oh gosh no i don't because i was on a podcast uh, if you want to call it that um i mean i don't know what else to call it but it was more facebook live style podcast i, I did one of those with another friend uh about a year and a half two years ago now and so it's always been in the back of my mind to do another one. And then I think you approached me about something. Yeah,
0: because I used to watch you guys as best I could, but it was tough for me to get on there on Facebook Live. And I believe I commented several times. <laughs> Are you guys going to get on iTunes so I can listen to you?
1: And you weren't the only one. We had that. I mean, I, I told uh, it was MJ who we, who I did that with, who uh, still does and I mean, still uses the Facebook Live format, and he has a pretty good audience on there. But that was by far probably the most the most. Uh, frequent comment I received was, "I wish you guys were on iTunes so I could listen while I work and that yeah. kind of thing." Yeah,
0: yeah. So when I first started getting involved with local politics, something I realized was that it was kind of hard to break into. There's a big learning curve, but if you just know like certain key facts or certain people or websites to check or things uh, you know things to follow or not check, in my opinion, but. <laughs> true um that uh that that really helped and so I started a wiki where I was trying to get people to populate a wiki and I thought that that would work out pretty well um but it was it ended up not getting off the ground there wasn't any well first of all there already there's this website called local wiki that's kind of intended for that purpose it's uh it's supposed to be where your city can go and populate that uh, a class at Heartland apparently made a page for to okay. Normal. And uh, it's now just like a ghost page. Yeah. There's no administrators left. I think the people who did it are gone. Um, and then local wiki, I tried to contact them to see if I could take over that. Couldn't do it. So, first of all, there's already like this competing page that's sort of populated. Right. But hasn't been updated in like six years. Um, and then also just I couldn't get kind of a critical mass of people to update it. And i tell you, the, the, the reason this
1: format's always interested me is because it's nothing that I really don't do already. Uh, you know, if, if I hear or read in the paper that uh, someone's going to run for office in Bloomington, Norman, <coughs> McLean County... I will probably reach out to them and ask them for coffee. Um, I've, it's something I've done for four or five years. It's just, if they're going to be involved in what the decisions that are happening in my community, I want to know about it and know about them. So, I thought you know if I'm going to talk to the, those people, and same with some of the business leaders and that kind of stuff that we've had on the podcast. Um, if I see someone doing something interesting, I just usually try to shoot them an email or meet up with them for coffee. Um, so it's nothing out of the ordinary that I haven't already done. It's a little bit more work, you know, scheduling and that kind of thing, but um, it's still fun. And
0: I thought if I'm going to have those conversations, it's cool to share them with people. Yeah, it's I get more and more of my information from podcasts because I have. Kind of niche tastes, yeah. Like, and uh, there's two things I like about them. One is you can get really, really narrow and far as the intersections that you of your interest. Right. right. The example I give people all the time is uh, my wife and I, for years now, for over a decade, we've always watched The Bachelor, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous trash TV. But now that we have kids and our time is strained, uh, that's just still something we've kept. Is on Tuesday nights. Um, when it's out online, we sit down and we have date night on Tuesdays and we watch The Bachelor and it's just like, it's just become a thing, right? Right. It's just a tradition is something to remember from before, you know, we were, uh, you know, from a brighter time before kids, <laughs> <laughs> just kept, from a less busy time. Yeah. Um, and so I'm in, so I, I listen to a Bachelor podcast because I find their commentary on it to be funny. And then I'm also very interested in. Uh, politics mm-hmm. and I follow Nate Silver's uh, 538, where they're doing like data driven um, analysis of elections and things like that. Because uh, I'm also interested in data, so I've got these kind of three interests: Bachelor, politics, and data. And then one time there was a crossover episode where the Bachelor podcast invited people from 538 on to do like an analysis of the uh, like Bachelor statistics. Where they tried to like, okay, so if someone gets a first impression rose, then what is their likelihood of being in the final four and they That like, was like
1: the greatest crossover ever for
0: you. Yeah, was like, <laughs> I was like I was like, me and like a hundred other people in the world are apparently like interested in this intersection, but uh you know, they had like an hour of treatment on it. So you don't have to it, it's so affordable to do podcasting. You don't need to have like an audience of a million people in order to make it worthwhile. You just need a microphone and a few people that are interested, and you can go ahead and do it.
1: And at the, like you touched on earlier, at the time we started this, I think there was a, a real need for that in, in Bloomington-Normal and McLean County. Uh, we didn't have a local podcast, at least, that was doing what we were doing. Uh, now, I've since heard that maybe we're, we're trendsetters. I don't know. I'm sure it's been talked about in the, both the organizations before, but I've heard WGLT is going to start doing a podcast, kind of a daily podcast. And then I have also just saw on Twitter the other day that the Panagraph is going to to start doing a podcast. Oh, okay, um, so <laughs> a lot of competition, uh, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't. I'm not worried about it. Um, obviously, we, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to lose revenue since we have zero revenue to lose. <laughs> but I think it's going to be good for everybody. Um, I think that they're still not going to have the format like we have, which is more of a, just a freestyle conversation. I think it's extremely hard for those traditional media outlets to, to be able to do what we do
0: yeah, um, and have that conversation. So I think
1: that we're still add value to some of the people there.
0: Well, because there's different kinds, right? Like there is your – I think it would be great if um, the Panagraph or GLT or both had – like small snippets every day of what's going on in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, There's that kind of format. There's, you know, kind of the hour-long, like highly edited radio format. Like a lot of NPR podcasts are like that. Um, On the media is one that I listen to. I think
1: that's more GLT's route. I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what they're going to kind of model it after. It's kind of the national NPR, yeah. but make it more local.
0: And there's a role for that, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's journalism. I would not consider what we're doing journalism. Not at right? all. <laughs> I do. I do no research, essentially, other yeah. than how to get GarageBand to work and how to connect it to Podbean. There's been several guests at like
1: five minutes before we, we, we start talking to them, I know nothing about them. So. Yeah. But honestly, I think that's what makes it more interesting for us. It's because we're learning along with the listener more and more about the people we have in
0: here. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's what makes it cool too and we're kind of modeling ourselves more after the like ruben report joe rogan experience type uh bring in an interesting person ask them questions let them carry the show yeah yeah we <laughs> yeah. have we tell every we tell the council candidates when they come in we have no agenda whatsoever the first half we're going to ask you tell us about yourself and the second half we're going to ask you tell us about your platform uh other than that we'll just see what happens yeah and I always say that those are
1: some of my favorite conversations we've had so far Are is when the podcast kind of takes a turn I never expected it to take. I always bring up uh, Carmen Champion's episode as an example of that because you know she owns a yoga studio and a retail store. And for 30% of the show, we talked about alcohol and her past history as a bartender. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so cool about a podcast is just that... You never, you know, you learn something new about somebody, and, and it can go off on a on, on kind of a tangent, and you just, it's super interesting um, where people's lives have been and what's led them to to here and blew it to normal. And I think that's what makes this show
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. So we started off then in I think October. I started experimenting, maybe earlier than that, September October of eighteen. I started just seeing like, can I get an audio file on iTunes? <laughs> um, and that was quite a doing. Uh, I would offer to help people if they're interested, but I honestly can't remember all of the things I had to do. Uh, but eventually I had a an audio file of my son reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar, and that was posted. We had to figure out a name at that point. Um, we went through many, many names. <laughs> and we went with the ultra-creative Pod B. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what we settled on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's sort of, uh, I don't even remember the stuff that we went through. Uh, but... No, no, I, I, I've come to like it. It's yeah. simple. It's easy to remember. That's it. Um, you know, podcast people will know that pod uh, it means podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, fits nicely on a logo. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. And but that's, uh, I mean, think about that. We. You said October was
1: this, and it's now February. So we're talking over a span of four months. Uh, the amount of guests we've had on, the sponsor, the two sponsors that we now have, we have a logo. Um, I mean, just, I think, I think. For something happening so organically, we have come a long way. Um, So our first sponsor was Play Normal Esports, um, and honestly, that came about
0: because they had a studio, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and it made it super easy for us. That was a big issue. I just remembered that where you and I were like trying to figure out like where can we do this. Yeah, that
1: was. I mean, Mm -hmm. that that was probably our biggest hurdle to start. Uh, because like you, you had already tested some audio stuff at that point, but we're like, I can't. We neither of us
0: doing it at our house was logistically possible. Yeah. We tried to sit in some public spaces, like yeah. uh, like Coffee Hound or something, but it's the background noise is just too much. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of people start podcasts using like a walk-in closet. Yeah. But the idea of asking. Um, you know, important people around the community to come <laughs> sit in our closet and talk to us. That wasn't really appealing.
1: And we're not much bigger than the closet where we sit today. But um, it's definitely more of a. It's it's a lo- less like you said. We're not going to ask
0: the council person to come sit in the closet. So. Yeah, yeah. So. So that was big. Did you did you like mention the idea to Terry Valentini or how did that uh, come about? You know, I,
1: I we're in a couple uh, because um, we're in a couple groups together, like business owner type groups. And I think I might have mentioned that I, I might have asked him um, if he had a space. And he and, and he goes, "Well, we're actually I forget what they call streaming room is what he called it mm-hmm. uh, because they'll stream uh, through is it Twitch is that yep. the right platform? Um, you know, people playing video games, and so they wanted this kind of space to do that in. And I said, "Well, do you think a podcast could be there he's like yeah I think so And then, I mean obviously our best option when we, when we came about to look at a space we're
0: like yeah we can make this work yep. so it's probably like I don't know 10 feet by 6 feet something like that um, it's got some soundproofing on the walls um, and
1: uh, not 100% soundproof but definitely better than a public space or you know a, a spare room in a house yeah, so, yeah. and
0: frankly I, um, I think having especially when there's people here playing in the background yeah the first episode when that happened, I found it a little bit distracting. But now I think it's kind of nice back no- background noise and ambiance. I think most people listen to podcasts in their car, too. Yeah. So a kind of background noise like that's not really going to affect them. Yeah. When I'm editing it, I'm doing it, like, with headphones on in the quiet of my house. And I sometimes hear, like, background noises that I'm like, ah, that's, you know, I wish the sound quality was better. but right. pe- if you know, people aren't probably aren't listening to us sound quality. Yeah. That being said, I think the sound quality in the first couple episodes was a little rough.
1: Yeah, and, and we knew it. Um, and when we when we uh, recorded our pilot, I guess, we knew it. Was, I mean, we knew how rough that sounded, right? We're like, we're just trying this out. We don't know. Yeah. This
0: could be our only episode. So Again, that was the next step of, can we sit in a room and talk and record something that we think someone might remotely want to listen to? Right. Um, used a little, like, Conference call system, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, just kind of sat in here. There's no table in the in the studio. Um, there's like there's a counter along the wall. I guess you'd call it built into the wall, built-in so, desk type thing. Yeah, yeah built-in desk. Yeah, so we were just kind of sitting knee to knee with this uh, (laughs) conference call thing in the middle there. But I wasn't really inclined to spend any money on a nice microphone before we knew if it would work or not. (laughs) Yeah, I think what, I mean, and that's what led me to purchase the
1: first microphone is is that once we did that first episode, I'm like, I think we can do this. Like, I think, um, and especially coming from the podcast that I came from before, we got people to listen over Facebook Live, you know, from, from literally filming it and recording it on a microphone hooked up to an iPhone. Yeah. So I knew that if we provided the content, people would come and listen. So um, that's when we got our first mic. Yep.
0: Yep. So then we got a Yeti microphone, which is pretty nice. Um, I think when we talked to Carmen Champion, if I remember properly, we had a chair with a box on it (laughs) with it sitting on top of the box um, because we wanted to try to get up to voice level. Um, I did not understand the settings on the back of the microphone, so I learned that there's different settings about where people are positioned to pick them up better. And I also learned what gain means. Um, Gain apparently means if it's very low, it doesn't really pick anything up. So uh, that took a couple episodes for me to find that little knob too. And that really improved things greatly. Play Normal Esports has been great. They let us come in here kind of disrupt their room. We store our stuff here. Um,
1: they've been very accommodating and, and I mean obviously uh, I hope they do it because they found that va- they find value in what we provide and they have a great new location I mean so for people that maybe we haven't touched on this I don't know but normal gadgets was uh, over closer to normal it was actually still in Bloomington but closer to normal over by Best Buy they had a store very successful successful for several years
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and they've kind of always had this dream about you know having this play normal esports type place where uh, people of all ages could come and play video games and be social you know kind of get out of the house by themselves and come be around more people to play the video games Mm -hmm. and they had that dream for a while and they were uh, able to have the opportunity to get this new location that would provide them a space to continue their normal gadgets business and expand and build onto this play normal esports and I mean, we've seen them grow, I think, throughout since October with the podcast. That's been fun from my angle, too, is to watch how, how they've grown
0: their business um, into the success that it is. I, I'm really sad that we lost that episode when my laptop got stolen. Um, it was a very interesting conversation with um, with Coach Fletcher from Illinois Wesleyan, and he said he's game to come back in, so we'll still get that to you. He's but, the eSports coach. Yes, yeah. yes, he's the eSports coach for their their new eSports team. They're specifically focused on a game called League of Legends. Games like League of Legends, they're specifically designed for a communal activity, like you have to be part of a community in order to play it. you have roles on your team you've got relationships you've got um like it is it is like a team sport like a sport you would yeah like basketball so i I think a place like this kind of seems strange to some people because like video gaming just seems like this thing that this subclass of people do it's a generational thing I think um you know I mean video
1: games are still relatively new and if they're not new to you the
0: technology and the advancements over the last several years is new i mean and i think there's like career opportunities in it too that are very interesting to me like um state farm recently sponsored a streamer there was this there was this cool video where he he just loaded up and said hey guys I'm sponsored by State Farm very excited about this because you know we had a hail we had hail damage the other year they, they took care of us and yeah. got our life insurance through them and um, it's this is what this guy does full time is he is a he's a Fortnite player and commentator <laughs> and uh, you can get sponsored by a you know national company yeah, like Fortune that Fortune 500 company absolutely yeah. so if you have maybe kids that are you know I
1: don't know 4th, 5th, 6th grade or older and you know that you could see that they have an interest in these video games i think bringing them out to play normal esports is a good good thing for you to witness and see what kind of community they can build just here locally yeah and and it also encourages them i mean they all kinds of skills have been shown to be able to tie back to video games i mean hand-eye coordination of course but critical thinking and problem solving and those type of things Mm -hmm. so i mean it's not what it's not the stigma that it used to be and a place like this can really bring them together and and have them make some new friends and yeah. witness that team atmosphere. This wasn't even a planned ad for this podcast, but it is a really cool space, yeah. and we like to talk about
0: cool things in Bloomington Normal, and this is one of them. Yep. We just got our new, uh, our on-air sign that's yeah, outside of our studio, so right.
1: it's I, I just uploaded that to our Facebook page on
0: our, it's our uh, yeah. whatever, banner page, banner a picture. picture so. so yeah, we, uh, so to go back to the story then, we were doing okay with one mic, but we really needed... Two other mics, because uh, we'd like everyone to be able to just speak directly to get close enough for the sound quality. And uh, that was a little bit out of our price range, or what you and I were willing at that point to put in there. Yeah. So then we met met up with uh, Justin Bellis, who's a partner, Little Beaver.
1: Well, I think that's what's unique, too, is what got started was we had Chad on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had Chad, the, the founder of Little Beaver Brewery, on and uh, had a good conversation it was a great guest. And Justin, another uh, partner in that business, said, you know, I really like what you guys are doing. I'd be interested in sponsorship. And, I mean, that's how that got started. I mean, it was nothing big. We just told them what kind of equipment we needed to think to, you know, put a better product out there. And they were willing to do that. Um, So now we enjoy Little Beaver Brewery. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Not that I didn't before. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice that the places that, are sponsoring us right now are places that we're just genuinely personally enthusiastic about. Um, the, on the podcast I listen to, a lot of times they're sponsored by me, Undies. Yeah, <laughs> and I always get a kick out of hearing the host like try to you know pivot from some sort of really you know huge topic with a lot of gravity into like, <laughs> and now let's talk about your underwear. Well, I think you and I, you know,
1: doing a local podcast, we never have to worry about. Taking on a sponsor just because, because neither of us are planning on making any money at this. So, um, you know, we will get good if we get uh, more sponsors down the road. I'm sure there'll be locally owned businesses that find value in us, and we hope to provide value back to them. I think that's what's important. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then we had the idea of talking to all the council candidates. Yeah, that... (laughs) I think that was my idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I think both of us, and we said this
1: in the first episode, we were very conscious of the fact that we both really liked local politics, but we did not want to make this a political podcast Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, we want to... The, the value that we wanted to provide to the community was more of just, this is how cool the place we live is, not um, this is what my view is, you should believe it too. So we were very conscious of that. So when you first brought up the idea of having candidates on, I was probably a little hesitant um, just because I didn't want to see that make that turn. And that's kind of why we started, and I think this was your idea, started posting it as election
0: edition. That way if you're not into that, you don't have to listen to those. Yeah. Um, and I think those episodes also have more of a – Expiration date on them. Yeah, really. After April second, there. I can't imagine anyone really going back and wanting to listen to those. Uh, maybe in four years, when they're trying to dig up dirt on their future opponent, they might go back and do it. But the other ones, I mean, that the stories of small business owners and other people doing big things in the community, those are more the core of what we're doing. Yeah. And the things that we think have more staying power. Uh, unfortunately, the number of those episodes is really dwarfed. Because all of the candidates agreed to our offer, yeah, which is, was a huge surprise. I think when we thought, all right, we'll
1: we'll make the invitation to every uh, local candidate, Bloomington or Normal, uh, we seriously thought we might get what six, seven yeah. out of the um, thirteen of them. Yeah, um, yeah, probably six or seven if we were lucky, and they all said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a scheduling nightmare.
0: So yeah, um, but I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback from people and that's what's kind of encouraged me to keep going is the it gives them a chance to really describe their thinking. One of the examples to me that really sticks out is Stan Nord how I mean you can if you try to compress things into sound bites, you don't really always know what people are talking about. So if I was to give the 5 second view of what Stan's position on economic development is, it would be lower taxes and decreased tax incentives for businesses that are not economic engines and instead focus on economic engines. And when you say that, those, those words can mean a lot of different things for different people. Giving him 15 minutes or however long he needed to explain what he meant about an economic engine being a company that brings money from outside the community and then other types of companies supporting business or i can't remember his term for it but there's businesses that then grow up locally to support that and he would want to incent the ones that are bringing money from outside that then draws paints the picture a lot clearer for me of like okay i still may not agree with you or whether i do or not i understand better what you're talking about apart from the you know 15 seconds down
1: yeah i agree i think um just that, and that was our goal, is to give them a longer. Because we, we we always compare it to WJBC, WGLT. Um, you know, they do a good job for what they do, but they don't have. You know, they have sponsors and they have other shows they have to air, and they don't have the ability to let someone talk for an hour. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's where we wanted to come in and provide that. And I think I think you're right. I think that did good. One thing that surprised me about some of the candidate guests. I mean, we talked about the business owners and what they bring to the community, but that's exactly why I think the candidates fit on a show like this, fit on a podcast like this, because most of those candidates also are adding something to the community. You know, that's why they want to run for office is because they see it as their next step or their, you know, continued path along the way of of transforming where they want to live. Um, And so there are a lot of ties to some of these business owners or, um, you know, community shakers or whatever you want to call
0: them and these political candidates we've had on. Yeah. I've repeated it several times on the show, but I don't expect that everyone listens to every second of every episode. So I'll say it again that it, it strikes me that local office is a type of community service. Yeah. You get paid a little bit, but it's not enough to compensate you for everything that you're really doing. And the people who are doing it are doing it because they care about Bloomington Normal and they want it to be a better place. And this is a way they feel like they can serve their community um and it's it helps you just have a level of respect i think to consider that you know if you are upset with the way that an elected official is behaving or voting which i get at times you know to try to keep that in scope that yeah they're they're essentially doing this as a volunteer job and approaching them as such probably helps you it, well, it helps you have a better relationship with them, I think, yeah. <laughs> which in turn allows you to, if you're trying to influence them to do something different, showing them you know, respect for the amount of time that they're doing, um, it can't hurt. Yeah, I agree with you. I
1: think um, I, I I know most um, Bloomington, Normal, and McLean County elected officials, not all but most, and I would say I feel comfortable going up and talking to every single one of them. Um, I can also say with 100% certainty I do not agree with all of them and, and I think I feel comfortable going to talk to them because I'm willing to do it with some respect um, tell them where I disagree with them and, and as, as you've said on the show, I know a lot the lines between you know Democrat, Republican or conservative and liberal are very gray and blurred uh, on a local level where we all want the same goals um, we have slightly different um, paths to get there but we all want our community to thrive. None of us want our taxes to raise. Uh, we all want good streets and sewers. And, um, you know, we don't want air pollution. We don't want smog reports coming out and blooming to normal like they do in bigger cities. Like, we all want those things. Um, but we just have different ideas of how to get there. But you, you get much further with, with kindness, right? Um, to go up to somebody and say, you know, how How you doing? hey, I saw your vote on this. Walk me through your line of thought. Hey, I disagree with that. This is why. Like, that's just, I don't know. As you said, these people don't get paid um, nearly enough for the work that they have to put in for that job. So um, I don't envy any of them. And I think that if everyone would take a deep breath and realize that the snide remarks on Facebook towards (laughs) an elected official is not going to get you anywhere except maybe
0: a few likes from friends that think exactly like you do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I'd say, too, about you and I being on the planning commission, I'm coming up on, I guess, nine months being on that now. been through a couple public hearings. And really, public comment is not your most effective way to try to bring about change in policy or in a vote Um, on rare occasion you may bring attention to something if it's framed as this is a thing that's important that you guys might not have noticed and i think you should take seriously that's fine um it it's far more effective to contact someone calmly and respectively respectfully outside of the meeting if you know something's coming up and try to explain the evidence and your reasoning behind it because it takes a while for the gears to kind of work through things right um if someone brings up a really good idea at a meeting you know there there are examples where it's like "Hmm, let's delay this decision while we can mull this over more but it's probably more likely to be like no maybe that's a good point but 99.5% 99.5% of the rest of it looks okay, so let's just proceed with good enough. We can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. So this is not to dissuade anyone from speaking in public comment because it's an important part of our democracy to be able to air your views in front of the bodies. But if you're really looking to make things better, those those uh, separate conversations with evidence and respect I think are going to get you a lot further.
1: Yeah, and there's there's, uh, this difference, in my mind at least, between public comment and testifying at a public uh, hearing. You know, um, like we just went through on the Planning Commission, the zoning update, and when we had that hearing open, (laughs) <laughs> too long, because we went through three meetings with it. But, I mean, I appreciated everybody that came and spoke during that time. It was, you know, that's what we wanted. We wanted feedback on it. So so I think that's appropriate. But when you talk about public comment, I'm thinking specifically like city council meetings. Yeah. I think there's, right now i thinking about there's two reasons to do that. One legitimate reason is you feel ignored. Uh, maybe you did go to your council person privately and you feel ignored and, that's a good way to go. Make sure you're heard, right? That's what it's there for. The other reason is grandstanding. <laughs> the other reason is self, you know, to make yourself yourself feel self important. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I agree with you 100%. Like, if I want change, if I want change, I've been. I mean, I, again, I know almost all the um, city council people and their speeding bit on my street that we've been complaining about for 10 years (laughs) and it's still not fixed. And I feel like people are um, on the council are talking about it. I feel like there's some, something happening there, but it's going slower than I would like. Um, I have never spoken at public comment about it at a city council meeting. I've been talking with my alderman. I've been talking to the mayor. I've been talking to the city staff. I think that's also underutilized by people. They want to go complain straight to their council person, which is fine. I mean, let them know. But you can go directly to staff as a you know as a resident as well yeah. and say, hey, you know, go talk to the head of that department and say, I'm tired of watching these cars speed right on my street. We have. We've done it. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the commissions and the boards that are in the city, right? Like I went I did go and speak to the transportation committee when they were talking about reducing speed limits. I wasn't necessarily in favor of reducing speed limits across the city, but I wanted to talk about specific issues and other things we can do to encourage people to slow down so there's many more avenues that people should learn about to be able to affect change right where they
0: live yeah something that you and i are kind of you know behind the scenes kind of guys um i think everyone who's on a planning commission kind of has to be that way because we have to dig through tons of zoning stuff um and to try to understand like how is policy actually made something i remind myself a lot is that that is not Everything, there's also a hearts and minds issue, and there also is an awareness and a role for activism and rallies and things like that. Uh, those, those aren't my scene personally. Right. Um, but would I dissuade other people from being involved in that way? No, I have to remind myself of the um, if there's no pressure felt to do a certain thing, then the policy work doesn't get any attention. Uh, if you go the opposite way where all you're doing is protesting, but you don't have a policy solution to address what your issue is, then that's also a flaw. Like both types of political activity need each other in order to be successful. Um, so like you said, it it could be grandstanding, but it could also be just rallying people awareness of a, of an issue too. It's fair. Um, so we, uh, you know, it takes all kinds. And the great thing about being local is you can meet the people, right? Yeah. If you are wondering if somebody has, is somebody just trying to call attention to themselves or is somebody really have a legitimate concern? If you want to know that you can probably find that person and chat with them and ask them some questions like we do on this podcast and try to see how deep their, you know, their uh, in, intent goes with things. And one thing I'll say just to touch on real quick, I won't go into a rabbit hole with this, but
1: yes, you're right. It's much easier on a local level. I can sit down and call my local alderman and talk to them. Um, but state and federal level, our government's fairly accessible, um, especially compared to the rest of the world. Um, I had an issue last year. I was able to talk to state representatives about within two weeks after I had an issue, like face-to-face conversation with people that represented me at the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when you talk about federal issues, you can certainly get to talk to someone at staff at the congressional, at the congressional staff level. Sometimes, if you're lucky, you could talk directly to your congressman or, or senator, but even if you talk to staff, those do get relayed. I mean, that's there is a process in place for that. So, uh, again, I mean, I know it's not sitting down with coffee with your senator, but there, our, our government's fairly accessible to, to yeah. everybody. So, find out how how to do it. I mean, don't just come again. Don't just complain about it on Facebook. And trust me, I do plenty of that myself, also. But it's it's in partnership with actually
0: trying to affect some change uh, directly with those people that represent us. Yeah, that's uh, somebody who. Once these election editions are over, maybe after April or something, I would like to try to see if we could get any of our local state representatives to come in and talk to us, Um, like one of the Bradys or Jason Barrickman or something. Um, Because even though they're working out of Springfield, right, they're still here locally Mm -hmm. representing us. And I think their their perspective on how that plays into their life would be very interesting to me. Uh, You know, we can argue policy or whatever, but (laughs) I think it'd be more interesting to see what is that step towards being, I, I would say a state politician, in my perspective, is fully a politician at that point. Like but they do have doing, other jobs. But, I mean, yeah. more
1: flexible jobs, sure. I mm-hmm. mean, like, you know, Dan Brady's part owner of, of the funeral home. Um,
0: and Barrickman is an attorney. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean. So, where does that line. You know, you know, here we say local is almost fully community service. You know, federal right. it seems like that's their job now. Yeah. So, in the state, you're kind of straddling those worlds. So, right. hearing more about that would be really interesting to me. Yeah. That would be interesting. It'd be cool to
1: see if we can get one of those people on. Yeah.
0: Where do you. See us going, like
1: what what's your thoughts? Well, uh- if I'm being honest, um, I can't wait till we get through these candidates.
0: Um, <laughs> hey, and, you're not doing the editing. That's so true. You're it's not spending true. two hours on each one of these episodes. <laughs> that's very true. So, um, yes, I'm done. I'm ready as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, when we like again when we first started this, we thought we'll do two a month, every other week. We'll record one and release it a few days after, give you an opportunity to edit. And when we had all 13 of these candidates say yes, it definitely took more time than, than I anticipated. Um, so I'm excited to get through those, even though I think they're very valuable. I, I'm excited to get through those, and then get back to kind of what we were starting, um, you know, to do towards the beginning. Is just get those interesting people on, have great conversations with them. I don't. Well, I want this to grow organically. Um, I want to see uh, what it becomes. What the listeners tell us they want to hear. I mean, you know, if I didn't think the candidate podcasts were going to be quite as popular as they were, to be honest, like I, I have this weird. Um, thing where I think nobody cares as much as I do. <laughs> um, so when other people were actually very interested in some of these candidate things, I'm like, oh, there's other political people out there that care about this stuff. Um, so that was cool. So I, I really want the listeners to guide where we go from here, um, have them tell us through you know their downloads and their subscribes and that kind of thing on what they like and what they don't like, and we'll mold it to that. Cause, yeah. Um, again, I just enjoy having conversations with people. So
0: yep. Yeah, so I think business owners are great. Some other people we've – some other segments of the population we've talked about are academics. we got a lot of universities in town. We yeah. could talk to people there, um, like religious leaders.
1: Af- athletes, athletic coaches. I think that's an avenue we could go down. Mm-hmm. Um, com- yeah. Community leaders. I mean, both, again, talking about both of us behind planning – um, I would love to get the Demets Grove like president of that neighborhood association on or, or one of the founding members of that association. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think people realize how extremely organized and productive that small neighborhood group is. And, yeah. I, and I think that when we talk about a podcast about community, that it doesn't get much more community oriented than a neighborhood association that's able to affect the change and, and, prog- and have the progress they've
0: had. Yeah, that's a great point. We talked to Karen Schmidt a little bit about that, um, but I think that more information on that would be great for people to understand that I mean it doesn't take any more than some people with a passion and some assistance from others who know how to do it yeah. I mean it. if there's a group of five people in your neighborhood who want to start a neighborhood association to affect positive change like you can do that Yeah, that's not something you have to wait for like city staff or your, your elected official to do like that's within your power Absolutely, absolutely um, yeah it's It is something where whenever there's a gap in my volunteer schedule that I'm seriously considering doing with some of my neighbors to see if we can pull that together because not having a neighborhood association, um, I can see there's just some... Some needs in the community. I think, uh, based on what you've told me
1: with your specific neighborhood, I think there's very much an association there. It's just no organization to that association. Yeah, I mean, you have the you said you talked about the block party type mm-hmm. thing that you guys have, and you seem to all know each other fairly well, as well as you know neighbors can expect to know each other. I think so. I think there just needs to be someone to kind of grab the bull yeah. by the horns and take that organization part of it. Yep. Yep. Um, so. And then I'd also like on the podcast. I know there's some local uh, like authors, you know, that have some books out out there that that are from Bloomington or or local artists or local musicians, um, I would like to talk to them, too, because if they have content out there that's getting sold across the world or the nation, uh, I think people would find it very interesting that they're from Bloomington Normal or McLean County. So I'd like to find some of those people to talk to as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we could kind of pivot to something else. Uh, I will say one last thing. In case there's anybody who's interested in technically what we're doing, um, we... We record on three Yeti microphones with uh, pop-up filters. Um, I record on my Mac, my MacBook Air laptop. Your new Us- one. Used to be a MacBook Pro. <laughs> now it's MacBook Air. Um, MacBook's really nice for having multiple microphones because you can just combine them together. As long as you have a USB hub, you don't need any other sort of hardware to do it. Uh, there may be software for PCs. I don't have a PC, but from what I've read, Mac is really nice because you can just go into the audio settings and create what's called an aggregate input device, and it brings all three of them in automatically. So I don't need like a separate like, switchboard for it. I have no idea those words you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, just keep bringing in people and putting stuff on Facebook. That, that I can do. Yeah. That I can do. Um, then I bring it into uh, GarageBand. I tried Audacity for a while, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, um, tried that for a while, and both of them I thought were fine, but GarageBand worked better on the Mac to just pull it right in. Um, and then I, I do the editing in GarageBand, and then uh, I there's a membership fee through Podbean. It's usually like a hundred dollars a year to get the Space to upload everything. I think it's unlimited amount of time you can have on there. Um, I got a Black Friday deal for 50 bucks, so that was pretty good. And then uh, you connect Podbean to iTunes. It's a little tough to get iTunes to accept your podcast, so that may take a little bit of time to do. It's about a week for us, right, from the yeah. time you uploaded it? Yeah. The issue was I had it named one thing, and then we switched the name before we were going to do it, and iTunes really didn't like that. So um, <laughs> they... I, that that old name is. St- I eventually just made a whole new one instead of trying to change the name. I just made a whole new one, and that old one's still just like sitting out there on my iTunes account. I can't figure out how to delete it, but whatever. It's got my son reading very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> um, so that's really all it takes. I mean, if you've got if you've got a hundred bucks and look for deals, you can get server space loaded up. You can get um, a de- a good microphone, like a Yeti or some other microphone of that quality. And there should be existing software that you can get for free that you can, uh, you can bring everything in. So th-
1: this was just kind of a different type of episode. Um, give you kind of a behind the scenes on what we've been up to since October. Um, we hope you find value in what we've done so far. And we hope that you tell some other people about it. Share some of these episodes on social media. Um, that way we can get our subscribers up a little bit. And that, honestly, like a little bit of an ego boost to get those subscribers, of course. But as I said earlier, it also tells us what episodes you guys like the most so that we can kind of gear the podcast towards that. Yeah. And once again, we want to thank our sponsors, Play Normal Esports, Play Normal Esports, They have been wonderful to us. Please come check them out. If you were a gamer in the past... If you want to get back into it, or if you have kids that are interested in that, bring them here. It's very affordable. Uh, my daughter's here right now as we're recording this playing. Um, it's fifteen dollars for three hours, and the if the more you buy, the um, longer or the, the less it's going to cost you over the over that time. And those hours carry over. So I you know I put fifteen bucks on her account, and if she's only playing for an hour today, she can come back tomorrow and play for an hour, and the next day and play for an hour. So you don't have to use it all at once. So
0: check out Play Normal Esports and also uh, Tyson. I'm- Tell them about Little Beaver Brewery. We tend to focus on, with Little Beaver, the innovation of their beers. And I I really like that a lot because I'm, I'm into fancy, weird stuff. <laughs> but uh, I'll just throw out there, too, that I was at 8-Bit the other day. And yeah, I noticed one of theirs on tap that I hadn't tried before. It was just a normal half a bison yeah. beer. And those are really delicious as well, too. So my dad always talks about how he doesn't like fancy beers. He just wants, like, a good beer. Yeah. And uh, they they have a good, just solid, normal, easy-to-drink beer that you can have with whatever you want there, too. So if you have any other questions that came to mind after hearing us talk through what we've done or any other suggestions for what we can do better or people who we can have on, several people have reached out to us to... Recommend either themselves or other people to be on. We got a running list that we're going through, so uh, probably contacting us through our Facebook page, sending us a message. Uh, We monitor that pretty closely. It's probably the easiest way to get in touch with us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening and uh, encouraging us to keep going on this and to spend our time in this way. It's been fun. Cue the music. Yeah, I uh, put the outtake at the front this time, so you can rewind back and listen to it if you want to. Thanks.